It's Sony week, boys. You're saying that like it's something. <laughs> like it's I a major. To say, I mean, come like, on. None of us, Sean and I just did not have a response for that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're right. You're right. It is Sony week, but it, that it doesn't is objectively really mean Sony much week. Much. It's Sony week, boys. I've got a lot of other things that I'm thinking about besides Sony week, but that is, <laughs> it is a little bit exciting. You know, like I, we talked about it last week, golf is back. And now this is the first full field event that we get. So it is pretty exciting, but at the same time, it's Sony it's, it's 7,000 yards. It's a pitching putt. <laughs> no, this, I love this course. I, I oh, think this great. is one of the most underrated tournaments of the entire year. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a great tournament. I like, I mean, the fact that anyone can win this tournament, it's 7,000 yards makes it a lot of fun. It, and you it, always like, get great fields. Yeah. I mean, the speaking field is, of field it's funny, it's just, yeah, exactly. So many different characters. I was looking at the fields. I, I was trying to create matchups and I, and I was scrolling. I'm like, Oh, we're truly back. This truly golf season yeah. again. When I see Brian Stewart's name popping up, it's like, Oh, Brian yeah. Stewart, Bryce Garnett. Stewart's like, a legend. Tor- Tor- Tor's back. But it's great. It's great to see him out there. So we have an opening question here. This was formulated by Mike and I had a little debate for the pod. A little right? debate. So, so we, wanted to, we wanted to spark this conversation. So this is a Hall of Fame conversation. Now, then, go ahead. There's, some, there's something about the Golf Hall of Fame in where it ruffles everybody's feathers more than any other Hall of Fame in sports. No, that's not true. I think is in the terms MLB of the Hall of Fame, dude. MLB Hall of Fame is the MLB most contentious Hall of, Hall of Fame, and it's just not even close. But that's after true. that, after that, you could make a, a legitimate argument that golf is. Yeah, I mean NBA's last. NBA is a total yeah. joke. Like if you have a heartbeat, you get into the Hall. Yeah, of fame. It's, <laughs> this is so false. I mean, yeah, it, it's true. You you average ten points a game in the NBA. Oh yeah, throw them <laughs> in. in. Throw them in. in there. He's Springfield bound for sure. Mike, you seem to have a higher standard for the Golf Hall of Fame than I think I do, and maybe Sean does. Yeah, I think you should expect more out of players. All right, so we're going to go through so some what do players. You mean, hold on, Mike, what do you mean by expect more out of players? Like, what, so, do you, what, are, what are your expectations going into this? So just for context, the, the benchmark for a Hall of Fame career, according to the Hall of Fame, is 15 wins and slash or two major wins, which – no, don't get me wrong. That's a great career, but is is that really truly a Hall of Fame career? Does that put yes. in the upper echelon yes. of great players? Like, let's take uh, Marco Mira for example. I think he has something around something around 15 wins, and he won two majors in 1998. But for the re- the rest of his career, he was a he was a B plus player. The thing is, the majors just put you over the top. But does so, one, but should one great year put you over the top? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it, it, it definitely can. It has the ability to. But Mike, like golf is such a sport where, you know, your major count defines you really. Once you once you start getting into like the all time greats, the Hall of Famers, your major count should define you. So I think it's unfair to say that, like, if you have two majors as opposed to like if you have two majors, you should be in because you have performed at the highest level twice in your career against fields of 130 guys or so. Like that is yeah, that's insane. The thing. Like so and the pressure is just so immense. So let's go, let's go through and we'll get a sense for how we benchmark Hall of Fame. So we're gonna go through some players. KJ Choi, 
He has KJ, eight wins. Yes, eight, eight wins, wins in a players. Eight wins in a players. But, That's not good enough. But when you take into account that he was the first Asian player to do it, he put Asian golf on the map, kind of. I mean, he's an entire region of the world golf hero. I mean, when you look at impact on the game. I feel yeah. like KJ Troy has a case to be in the Hall of Fame at least. I think KJ, when you look at impact on the game, is it is literally a top five to five or six yeah. most impactful player of all time. When you really yeah, look at it, totally. When the, the amount that. of the amount of people he's influenced to, to like pick up the game, like if you 100%. ask any Korean-born player right now who their biggest influence is, it's Tiger. You're gonna say Sari Park? No, I'm talking about I'm talking about uh, male <laughs> players. Okay, fine. But objectively speaking, Sari Park is the most influential Korean-born golfer ever. I don't. I don't False. even know about that. I don't think. So. I don't think that's true either. It's very much true because she, women's golf at that time was not on an like an international she, scale. It was. But not she made. She made Koreans golf. She made Korean women's golf the superpower that it is today. She's the single leading force. Yeah, she. She was the the first like amazing Korean born player. Uh, like women korean born player but at the same time it was really kj was that was getting all the international media attention and really like sparked like when you look at the amount of urban golf that's played in korea that's a lot to do with kj Choi. like totally agree kj i'm not trying to just was just on such a bigger scale back at that time well men's golf is always going to be on a bigger scale for better for for better or for worse. And I'm so not trying that to, leads and to I'm not trying, large but, to influence, but I'm not trying, actually. and I'm not trying to knock KJ Choi. That's You're saying absolutely not the case. So they're respective sports. to their, their individual sports, women's golf versus men's golf. Of course, Sari Pak was incredibly pound, pound, influential and more influential in women's golf ever. Yeah. More influential in women's golf than KJ was in men's golf. But I when you look at overall, period. When you look at it overall, I don't think so. And that's just something that we may agree to disagree upon because of just personal beliefs. But so, Mike, would you put KJ in the Hall of Fame? No, but I will say this. What the Hall of Fame doesn't exactly do too well is measure the immeasurables, if that makes any sense. Sort of honoring a player for their more intangible achievements as opposed to just wins or money earned. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Mike. I think there's a lot of like golf. Golf is a sport where there's so much left to be done in terms of what you can do in a humanitarian aspect, what you can do in influence, making golf more accessible to different social classes. You that doesn't happen with soccer, with with baseball, with basketball, because it already is accessible to most classes and to most groups. Golf isn't. So when you get a guy that's as, or a, or a girl that's as influential as a Sari Pak, as a KJ Choi, and does a lot of foundation humanitarian work, I think they should be considered for the World Golf Hall of Fame because there's so much progress left to be had in golf. Can I give you an example right here? Go for it. Chichi Rodriguez was an incredibly influential golfer, really the first yeah. true Latin, Latin born golf superstar 
but he only has eight PGA Tour wins. But the the Hall of Fame in this example did a did a good job in acknowledging their acknowledging their contributions to golf on a cultural level. Now, say somebody like like John Daly, a handful of PGA Tour wins, two majors, has a sort of similar resume to Chichi Rodriguez. Is he going to be in the Hall of Fame? Probably not. But say he were to be in the Hall of Fame, do you think they'd be able to? Would they truly be able to honor how talented John Daly truly was and capture the essence that made him such like a cult figure to, to all of golf? That's a really interesting question. I, you know, I think, I think if it was someone other than John Daly that you'd picked, like a guy that had like four or five PGA Tour wins, two majors, didn't have the, the star power that John Daly had, and then and you of compare course- him with – Chichi Rodriguez, it'd be a very different question because John Daly has had a lot of influence on golf just in terms of making it cool and making it appealing to the masses. And if you chose someone that's maybe more boring, it'd be a different story. But I think it's difficult to say that Chichi Rodriguez had more influence on golf than John Daly did. So I think in that case, they should both be in. Well, pound for pound, John Daly is more influential, but but in a more sort of esoteric way obviously chichi rodriguez's influence isn't directly applicable to us you know neither of us yeah none of us are are latin american nor from puerto rico or from the era in which chichi chichi made his name so take retief goosen he had seven wins he had two majors he's a, I mean, and really he's like good. the most boring person of all time i love so retief. that's a guy that you can compare to to chichi and say you know there's where you can see the difference but, but the Hall of Fame also isn't a contest of charisma either. Not charisma, but impact for sure. Yeah. That's true. I think, um, I think influence plays a huge role in the eyes of the World Golf Hall of Fame. I think that's, it's fair to say that. For sure. For sure. I don't think I put Goosen in the Hall of Fame. I'm a Goosen fan. Don't get me wrong. Great swing. He was always second fiddle to Ernie. And I think a lot of his legacy comes from, from that round at uh, – at Shinnecock in 04, where I think he had 11 one putts. So Retief Goosen, he's got seven PGA Tour wins, 14 European Tour wins paired with the, the two majors. You know, when you look at a career like that, and then you look at a career like a Lee Westwood or a Darren Clark, like a guy that has 23, 22, 23 to like 28 European Tour wins and maybe one major, do you think there's any difference in those careers that would that would put one of those over the other? Because I, I think those careers are pretty comparable. Like, yeah, except I would take seven tour wins over twenty five euro wins. You're ridiculous. That's yeah, that's a little outrageous. I would say. You don't think? Out of those three guys, you sound like Azinger right now. I think it's twice as hard to win on PGA Tour than it is Euro Tour. Sean, how many worldwide wins does Goosen have? That's a good question. Looking at it like about 40. Okay. So, and we're comparing that to Lee Westwood's, Lee Westwood's 44. So these are pretty, this is a good career comp. Well, no, it's not. Cause Westwood doesn't have a major and Goosen has two. Lee Westwood did get to world number one and he was there for probably about 25, 30 weeks. That's the thing is when you start bringing in world number one, it gets really interesting because and I then think start, world number one does a lot for, for and, someone's career. And, like you, and you bring in start, Luke Donald and other guys like so that. So Goosen's but, highest yes. rank was three in the world. 
and so and Sean we, just alluded to it. You, when you start bringing in, when you start bringing in money lists, you start bringing in the OWGR. That's where we go to a guy like Luke Donald, seventeen worldwide yeah. wins. He was the first player to ever win both the PGA Tour money list and the European Tour money list in the same year. He was world number one for fifty six weeks. He also won the the NCAA as an individual player, and he also won the Haskins Award. That Luke Donald stat of winning the European Tour and PGA Tour money list is insane. That's crazy. In the same year. Insane in the same year. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So he had five tour wins. And a great amateur career. I also forgot to note that he won back-to-back Northeast amateurs. I mean, yeah, I mean. Northeast Do we want to go through all these guys and just say yes or no, one word answers for like yeah. Ratif Goosen, Let's go with yes. Darren Clark? Let's... All right, Ratif Goosen, yes or no? He's a yes in my mind. <sighs> I'm gonna go no. I'm gonna go yes. I think the two majors does a lot for him. Wait, wait, actually, how many worldwide wins does he have again? Like around between 35 and 42. Mike, you're overvaluing worldwide wins. I mean, that includes Japan. Yeah. No, I that flip. includes I, Goosen, Goosen's in. Okay. Uh, Luke Donald. Luke is not in, in my mind. Five tour wins and, a, and no majors. I'm, I'm hard I'm, to get no, around. I'm no here as well. Those stats were really impressive, but the, the, the five tour wins and no majors. Like really the doesn't. world number one for 56 weeks, like almost gets you there. Yeah, it really does. But And then you also look in at the era that he did it in. No disrespect to, to the accomplishment, but golf was in such a transitional phase at that time yeah i mean Hunter so, uh, and was four it's a bipartisan consensus all right darren clark is darren clark a world golf hall of famer no not that i can think of off the top of my head i don't think so i say yes i mean i i'm a i'm a little bit biased here potentially because i'm a big darren a clark little fan, bit but it's a biased pick i think darren has 23 he is between 22 and 25 european tour wins he's got a major He's a Ryder Cup hero. He did a lot for golf in Northern Ireland. Like, really, him being a Northern Irishman, winning winning the Open was a huge deal. So, so he only has 14 Euro Tour wins, and he only has three PGA Tour wins. Really? I might have been mixing up Lee Westwood's numbers with his. but And besides the Open that he won, his next highest finish in any major was eight. I think you're just glorifying him because you love him so much. <laughs> that may be true. That may be true. I, I'm All right. gonna, I'm going to stick with yes. No for me. Stick with yes. I can okay. see why you'd say no. Is two to one no to yes? What about Zach Johnson? Zach's in. Zach's in. Twelve wins, a Masters, and a British. I agree. Two two majors and ten plus wins. You're in for sure. No question. Ooh, I'm so and the Masters the f- gives it just a little bit more boost. Yeah, I'm so on the fence with this one because, man. It's so strange. He's on such he's on a short list of players who have won both the Masters and who both won the Masters and then the British Open at St. Andrews, which is like the two courses you want to win your majors at. Yeah. It's such a strange list. And then Dude, he's just been such a next to names player like, over the last next 20 to names years. like Tiger, Jack, Sevy, Faldo. It's and then Zach Johnson. Um I'm really on the fence. I'm going to go with And no. he plays well at the John Deere. Wow. No, that's crazy to me. That's a crazy big, no. That's big John outrageous. Deere guy. So you're no the, on the everyone so far. You're no on KJ, Luke, Retief. He said no, yes I, fl- I flipped to yes on, on Goosen. 
I can't believe oh, you said yes on Goose whoa, whoa, and seven yeah. wins in two majors and no on Zach Johnson, dude. That's 44 worldwide wins. Mike, dude, the, oh, come on. The guy was a globetrotter. It's it's European tour wins and PGA tour wins. Are the, the only two things that matter wins. in my So eyes. not true. Win's a win. I guess so Mike's he, are Mike's our diversity international guy. So I, I can okay, see that Mike. perspective. It's <laughs> I counting. can see that perspective. It is but. counting. Sunshine Tour wins, which yeah, you have nine of. And I think five Asian Tour, tour Asian you Tour. Also, Jap- but you also Japanese have to remember. Tour. You also have to remember. Well, Japan was a big Japan was a big scene, especially in the 80s and the 90s, and even the early 2000s. You got to remember, the game wasn't as integrated during the time that these guys were really beating the game up. Right. So if it's not as integrated, why are you why are you counting these international wins? They're playing against terrible fields in in some of these. What do you mean, like Japan why? golf? Because tour. because those guys are because we're talking about guys who are still really good on those tours. Just just because they didn't make it to the PGA Tour doesn't doesn't devalue what they did any less. Mike, how many guys from the Japan Golf Tour make it to the PGA Tour every ten years? I'd say a pretty like substantial two? amount. <laughs> Three, maybe. Like, I mean, the competition level is just not there. Mike, let me just ask. How many? You, let me ask you one thing. What do you value a Euro Tour win relative to a, a PGA Tour win? What is it? Fifty percent? Is it eighty percent? I'll go. I'll say sixty percent. That's the exchange rate. So it's I think it's almost two to twice. One. I think it's two it's to a base. It's close. So you're saying it's almost. close to two to one. I would say probably, yeah, maybe two to one at at the most, depending on what the field is like. Okay, so Goosen had 14 Euro Tour wins, so you're going to give him credit for like nine, let's say, or eight. Give him eight Tour win credits for that. And he had seven Tour wins, so that's 15. You go to Zach Johnson, had two Euro Tour wins, two Corn Ferry. Give that one tournament of credit. That puts him at 13. So you're comparing 13 to 15. How many wins were at the John Deere? I think he's only had like two. That's still and a tour event. Yeah. It, uh, the, the it's John like the Deere weakest is, tour event, though. Dude, the John Deere is, is a better field than like most of the European tour events. You realize that, right? I don't know. When you like, break the, it P, down, the, like... the level of play on the PGA Tour compared to the European Tour is a lot higher. Like even the worst – and I know you know this. The worst – PGA tour fields are better than most of the best European tour fields besides alternate uh, events. I think you could compare corn fairy fields to Euro tour fields. Now you're you're sounding so much like a, no, 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 no. no. I I disagree. Yeah. You're, you're dangerously into Paul Azinger. Anyways, I, I I think one nice point is if you're going to give it to goose and you give it to Zach Johnson, I, I agree. I think that's what we're trying to say. Okay, let's move on. Next All guy. Right. I, got a, I, got an, I got another Who's guy. Who's on deck? I got another guy. Lee Westwood. Lee Westwood nope. has – Nope. Absolute nope. lock. Nope. nope. Lee Westwood nope. has nope. two PGA Tour wins, 25 nope. European Tour nope. wins, which is Not even close. all time. He's got, Mike, eight Asian Tour wins, three Sunshine Tour wins, one PGA Tour of Australasia win, and – He's not even uh, close. Three other wins. Two four. Tour wins and no majors. I'm he, sorry. He was player of the year on the European tour four times and won the money list three times. That's an easy hall of fame career. And he's, and he's, world number one for 25 weeks. Mike, he he's hasn't been had the best player on the European tour or one of the top three best players on the European tour for legit 20 years. So 
Mike, would you rather have Westwood's career over Zach Johnson's career? That's you a good question. So, That's Mike, you would question. rather win twice on the PGA Tour and no majors rather than winning 12 times on tour and two majors, including the Masters and the British at St. Andrews? You can't with Mike. I think Lee Westwood is a, was a substantially better player than Zach Johnson at his peak, especially. That's Lee fair Westwood, to say. That's Lee fair Westwood to say, has been around for the, Lee Westwood has been relevant in the game of golf for nearly 30 years. That's so fair to say, Mike, but that's not the question Chris is asking. Chris is asking I would take Lee career Westwood's career over take? Zach Johnson. You would take Lee oh, Westwood. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. No. I, I like Lee Westwood's career. I like what he's done for European tour golf. I still take Zach Johnson. I take Bubba Watson's career over his. Yeah. I, oh, I, I, Bubba has what? 10 wins. And Bubba and has a very masters? similar career to Zach Johnson. Yeah. I think he has 11 wins in, in two masters, something around there between 10 and 13. Lee Westwood never had a Volvic ball deal. <laughs> Mike, I think you're delusional. Okay. So what do you <laughs> think about Martin Keimer? Keimer has three is, tour wins. This is a great one right here. It's an unbelievable career. It's three tour wins, players, and two majors, including a U.S. Open by eight. And, and, he, and he, he also, also had 11 Euro Tour wins. He was a race to Dubai winner. He won a WGC, and he was world number one for eight weeks. And he also romped that players. I know he tried his hardest to spit the bit, but when you go up against Jordan Speed, something bad is going to happen to him as well. So he hung on. But the answer for me here, as much as I want to say yes, is no. Because oh, let's say they did no, let's say they did put him in the Hall of Fame. We're talking about measuring the immeasurables. You're I so inconsistent. To you guys, I said to you guys in the group chat, Martin Keimer is the most mercurial golfer of all time. He's either a top Definitely. 10 player in the world or he's off the face of the fucking planet. I'm about to it, lose it. He is the most wildly inconsistent player. How are you going to give Lee Westwood over Keimer? I think you wait majors way too much. No, I think, I think Mike, you don't wait majors enough. And yeah, I mean, three majors, if you win three majors, you're in a, an unbelievably exclusive list in majors are the, the highest prize done. in golf. Two I think majors. if you win three majors, you can win three. nothing. You can literally Where's get three, rid of every single accomplishment. A player's hardest field in golf. Fuck off! With the world golf, win, hall, if yeah, you because the PGA majors, Tour, because the PGA Tour swinging their dick around. What's it, okay? So here's a question to you guys: What's your exchange rate from how many tour wins is equal to one major? Eight. That's way too much. Yeah, I think it's like somewhere in the six to seven range. No, I, I would I'm agree with Sean. Four to five. Six to seven. And we're just, Wait, I mean, there's no reason to argue this. We're just not going to agree on it. So you're telling me but Ben Mike, Curtis has like 12 tour wins? Uh, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Because majors are the hardest to win. Yep. <sighs> By far. And you can't take someone, like Mike, if you said all these guys shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, which you have said, except for Lee Westwood. <laughs> I mean, that is incredibly inconsistent, especially. Because the only guy you're putting through is the only guy who hasn't won a major on this list that we've talked about. Lee, Lee Westwood's and two, is a two testament tour to longevity. Two tour wins. Two. So what? You know there's more than just the PGA Tour. Oh, my gosh. There is, but the level there's of competition is not the same. He has okay, this, this segment has gone on a lot longer than I thought we would. No, so, this is a great what? segment. 
no, 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 no. We don't just cut this off abruptly. We, yeah, we Mike, continue this. When you we have a golf tournament to talk about, gentlemen. No one cares about the Sony Open. This no one cares about Sony. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Okay, no, here's, I mean, Mike, if you don't put this Sony. guy in the Hall of Fame, you are really fucked in the head. Who is this? Actually, I guess it's pretty – you probably won't put him in. Fred Couples? No, I'm absolutely not putting him in the Hall of Fame. 15 wins and a Masters. and 15 in a major. Three. 15 in a major, that's in. 15 in a major, and he was world number one for 16 weeks. No, because Fred Couples <laughs> Fred Couples could have been so, so, so much better, and he also blew out his back. And also, he was a dick to my uncle. All right, Mike, that is so ridiculous. That you can't argument. just say because he could should have been better. Like, okay, yeah, doesn't mean he didn't have a Hall of Fame career. I don't think – expectations at like when you come on to the PGA tour scene should not play a role into whether you get into the world golf hall of fame or not. It should be based on what you accomplish in 15, 15 tour wins in a major gets you in. It doesn't matter who you are, what expectations you had. If Ricky Fowler ended up with 15 tour wins in a major with all those expectations on him, he'd easily get in and no one would say a word about it. He also had two player of the years, two time player of the year. Listen, if he were to be out, he'd be one of the first few out. I, he, he I, I do realize that he what I, would. when I said no, it was very much charged on emotion. Uh, <laughs> well, so he's, he's burned my uncle in an elevator. I, I have reason to have a vendetta. So you'd rather have two tour wins, 25 Euro wins and no majors than 15 tour wins, three euros. 13 PGA Tour champions and a Masters. Have you seen Freddie Couples back? I don't oh want that. God. So, Mike, I've got control. two more. I've got two more really interesting ones here. Mike, who do you put in that's on your cusp? Who, like, gets in? Who's your first in guy? I have to think about that. I've got a guy for Mike that I think is going to be, like, a cusp guy that I think he's going to – I think I know what he's going to say. Tom Kite. Should Tom Kite be in the World Golf Hall of Fame? I honestly can't – do you want to confidently numbers? answer that because I don't really know Tom Kite's numbers off the top of my head. Do you want head. his numbers? I can tell you. I can tell you him. I've got him right here. Shoot. Tom Kite has 19 PGA Tour wins, three European Tour wins, 37 professional wins. Oh. And his They're best, nice. he has one major championship win coming at the U.S. Open in 1992. And if I you don't put Tom Kite in, you're... And for a, lo- for a long time, he was – the best player to win without a major. I, I'd vote Tom Kite in. You, it would be fine if you said no to all these guys, except the fact that you put Westwood in is outrageous to me. That's where it's inconsistent. The fact that you don't put Westwood in is outrageous. Well, then, I mean, Sean, who's the second guy? Let's say Dustin Johnson doesn't win the Masters in November and his career ends right then. Does Dustin Johnson get into the World Golf Hall of Fame? How many wins would he have? He'd have 23. call it like 22 or 20. 22, no, his 23rd win was 22 world, uh, with one major and a yes, lot of high expectations, a lot of high expectations that he didn't live up to. Yes, because his talent was so good, his no best was better than everybody talent. else's. So, how can you say that? Who's who's the other guy we were just talking about? Tom, Kite. where we were saying his expectations were so oh, high. Fred Couples, Freddie Couples. How can you say that about, about DJ? Because Where DJ won substantially so more. Because he won substantially more in a far no, tougher era. No, he didn't, dude. French, Fred, Fred Couples won 15 times in a major. Okay, 
Dustin at 22 in a major. I have a great one, Mike. And if you put this guy in, it will confirm your bias. Bernhard Langer, he has three tour wins, 42 Euro tour wins, which is second all time. 42 Euro tour wins and a master's. He has two masters, 85. He's absolutely in because of his senior career. He's the most influential okay, senior take player out of his, all time. Take out his senior career. Is he in? How, how many PGA Tour wins? Three. Two of them So that's masters. two masters and, and then one, one was the other, other one? win. And you said 42? 40, 44? 42? Yes. He has 42. It's second all time on the Euro Tour. Yes. You would put him in? Yes. This is a guy whose only win other than the Masters was at the Sea Pines Heritage in which he won in a playoff against Bobby Watkins. 44 wins on the European Tour. 42. When Europe probably had the the top five, five of the top players in the world in Lyle, Faldo, Ballesteros, Ball, Langer. I would put Langer in, actually. Yeah, you see? You're, You're holding up Langer like a threat. You can't... I'm not holding up Langer. But this confirms that you only care about Eurotour wins. That's not true. So I, I think I can kind of – basically what we're saying is the World Golf Hall of Fame is kind of a shit show is like absolutely what it comes down to. Absolutely. Because – and I think the problem lies lies here. Like with NBA, you have one league. There's one, there's one way, there's one benchmark to compare every single player to. With golf, there's so many worldwide tours – there's you have your amateur career, you have your professional career, and then in some cases you have your senior career. So there's so many different ways in which you can get in. And then you bring in the fact that golf is a growing sport, currently growing quickly and in a very pivotal phase of its growth. So you bring in influence into it, which makes it so complex. You have influence, senior tour, worldwide wins, PGA tour wins, amateur career, there's too much. And you also like, bring into so the fact that in four days, you can win a major. Four when days exactly. doesn't define in a career. Four days. It's f- four days. Any guy can get hot in four days. So, Mike, is Brooks Kepka a Hall of Famer? Four majors? Absolutely. Right. Once he he had 16 had, days ago. That's 16 days. He had 16 days. good days ago. You could say that. Hot. You could say that. But, it's, but it's, listen. Once my you, point is but, it's so difficult. It's so, it's so difficult to win – to win one major, I totally get that, and and I'm not trying to contradict myself. But here's the thing: once you get past two, once you get past two majors, it's a brand new ball game. That's just another four days of golf, though. But it's still so, so think, substantially hard. What about is Padraig Harrington? Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Really? Yes. I think I think he is. I think he is. I just wanted to test Mike because he has three majors. So, Mike, yes. you, you draw the firm line at three majors. You say no one below, besides Westwood, wins. no one below three, wage, three majors can get in. It's a loose, it's a loose guideline. So, 12, and 12 wins and two majors is worse than six wins and three majors. Zach Johnson's best PGA Tour win, aside from a major, was what, like a colonial? All right, well, so, at least- if say Zach Johnson wins a players, that's four days of golf. Like you were saying, that's just, that's four days, four good days. If he wins a players instead of that colonial win, is he in? It definitely changes the conversation. It's, it's just so like you're basing it off such a small sample size for that line. Like that line. But is I definitely so small, think that waiting those... one, 
one major to eight 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 tour wins is is a disproportionate is it just it's disproportionate waiting i think where our waiting differs is overseas i agree for sure i think there's a there's a difference of opinion there for sure yeah for sure all right do we want to get into the golf yeah let's get into the golf so i'm I'm sweating i'm sweating right now (laughs) i'm wearing a headband i'm wearing my new jackson hole headband right now but i'm sweating underneath it his glasses are fogging up right now he's he's glasses are fog yeah i mean i'm I'm schwitzing right now (laughs) as his name says so (laughs) so it's the sony open it's held at yli which is which is a really interesting golf course it's seth rayner tom doak did did some uh did some work around the greens last year. Um, this is definitely not a bomber's paradise, but that doesn't mean bombers can't get it done here. I mean, we all remember Justin Thomas bringing their course to his knees a couple of years ago when he shot a 59. Um, so a couple of featured groupings include Morikawa, Webb, and Leishman. And then we have Hideki, Sergio, and Joaquin Neiman. And this this got me annoyed because now, you don't now the Hideki tour is going to shove this whole – no, the tour is going to shove this whole sort of mentorship angle with Sergio and Neiman down, down our throats. It's, it's not that big a deal. And also, I don't, I don't want Neiman hanging around Sergio. It's bad influence. <laughs> He's not a bad influence. I, no, no. I don't, I don't think he's a bad influence, but I agree. I think it's, I think it was kind of cool that like Neiman came out with this. He was very mysterious coming out. Like, you're like, how did like we haven't seen a Chilean player this good ever. Like, ever. It, it's, it was really weird. Like he came out on the scene. You didn't really hear much about him. But you're like, Oh yeah, there's this 19 year old kid that's playing out on the PGA tour right now, Chilean born. And we don't know anything about him. And it's, it's kind of cool that way. Like I kind of wanted to continue like that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So it's annoying now that Sergio's kind of butting into the storyline. Now it makes it a little more complex. I like I it the hate- way it is. I hate how everybody, every young guy has to be under some guy, some older guy's wing, whether that be exactly. JT with Tiger or, or Phil literally Rob. any golfer, any golfer with a little bit of talent goes under Phil Mickelson's wing when they play one practice round with him. <laughs> so, no, Mike, I think that's an interesting point. When it happens, it happens. Like when a guy goes under another guy's wing, it happens and that's great, but it doesn't always have to happen for someone to become a world-class player. Yeah. Like, remember they all, they all tried to shove the shove Rom and Sergio down our throats. And they're just like, no, no, it's not really like that. When in reality, Rom is, is picking Jose Maria's brain as opposed to Sergio. And I'd argue that's the right case because I, I don't, I wouldn't want to pick Sergio's brain in a lot of cases, especially when it comes to crisis <laughs> management. Uh, I actually saw Neiman burst onto the scene in the, uh... 2014 Orange Bowl. I happened to be playing in that tournament. <laughs> Shameless plug. I was DFL. So you knew about no, but long here's the thing. I was DFL and he won. And that's when Listen, I like, he made it to the dance. That's like, wow, who's this kid? He couldn't speak English. Like in this, in his like victory speech, he had like a translator. Yes, yes. He couldn't speak English, but I remembered that name. And it's so crazy to see that he's one of the best players in the world. I love Neiman. There's something so unique about him. And so there's a ton of flair to him. And I know that's a, and I know that's a term that is often thrown at Latin born players and that there might be something problematic with that, but he's so charismatic, whether it be, 
whether it be the swing, just the way he carries himself, there's something that instantly draws draws the viewer in with him. I think it's his hot. There's definitely <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's definitely a lot of confidence about him, and I think I think part of the cool like persona that Neiman has is that he almost seems like he doesn't know what he's doing. Like he, he, he almost seems like he's just oblivious to like what's going on around him. You know, he's kind of going, going out there, going about his business. Whereas if this were an American player, I feel like there'd be a lot more controversy. Neiman kind of flies under the radar. You know, he's, he's just constantly getting better. And before you know it, this guy's going to be one of the top five, 10 players in the world. And you got to remember, will be an unbelievably confident player. And you got to remember, this kid's the same age as us. I mean, he's he's 22. This kid, he's a kid. He is a kid. Yep. Yeah, like he's still he's still a raw product, and he's still learning the ropes, all while being one of the best players in the world at the moment. I wouldn't disagree. Um, should we do matchups? Yeah, let's let's do some matchups. So, Mike, you handpicked these matchups. I don't know if you're yes. trying to get an edge here, but no, no, these were the names that stood out, and I thought these would be, I thought these would be interesting matchups. Okay, so going into today, we've had only one week of matchups so far. Mike and I went two and one, and Sean, you were one and two. So under 500, it's got to sting a little bit, but <laughs> after the hot streak I was on, yeah, it, it definitely stings. But yeah, we know you we know what's down. in store for me. And in yeah. 2021, we're going to try and keep it to three matchups or so. We'll have two matchups with guys that we think could legitimately win. And then one, one really fun one. Oh, you're saying Hunter couple, can't win? A couple of comedy characters, some guys Hunter can't from yesteryear. Win? I don't think Some Hunter of the favorite characters of the pod, basically. Yes. Yes. A couple of revenge tours will be shouted out during, during the matchup segment throughout the year, for sure. So first matchup. Morikawa versus Webb Simpson. I think you have to take form with Morikawa. I'm taking Simp God. I'm also taking Webb Simpson here. That's a really interesting matchup, though, because I would have picked Simpson guaranteed, like, if you had given me this matchup before last week. But but Morikawa played well. and He he hasn't played well in a while. And this this course actually fits him. Like, you know, good iron player drives the ball straight. You know, he's going to hit it close on most holes. Doesn't need to putt that well. He'll, he'll probably be there come Sunday. So I think that's an interesting matchup. But Weber's just – he's just a machine. I'm taking Weber. I'm taking Weber, I think too. Morikawa heard me and Fitz talk down about him. So I think he used that as motivation. So we'll take he a little bit the of chili dip bump. Yeah, interesting, yeah. So second matchup, Abe Answer versus Sung Jay. Answer didn't play well – didn't play too well that week. Sun Sung Jay was hanging around the top of the leaderboard last week. He but, played great, yeah. But he kind of fell off on Sunday. And I think and also this course is a this far, is far, course. far better fit than 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 Kapalua for Abe answer. This is Abe's course for sure. I think I'll go with Abe. I'm also t- I'm gonna take Abe too. So is it a wash? I'm 50-50. I think the reason why I picked this matchup, but you have you have to think this course is made for answer. But Sungjae is such a good all-around player that you know he could easily contend here. I'll take him. Just would be surprising. I'll take him. Okay. And last but not least, we have the fun matchup. Two two blasts from the past. We have Hunter Mayhan. The revenge tour continues. It lives strong. And uh, Young Un Yang, the Tiger Killer. Why Yang? 
Why Yang? No way. Why Yang's in the <laughs> field? Yeah, why Yang's in the field? Wow, that's why awesome. Yang's... This is an ultimate revenge tour matchup. Listen, why Yang's in the field while Will Zalatoris is the tenth alternate? There is nothing. The, the tour oh. is fully back. That <laughs> that is the it most kicked me in the balls. Piece. That is classic PGA Tour. Classic PGA Tour. Mighty Yang has a bunch of overseas wins. I think he might be in the Hall of Fame according to your standards. <laughs> I think he should shut up. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think he's right there. That's a great matchup. Um, I think it's a clear <laughs> pick. What is Y.E. doing these days? Like, is he just I, chilling? Is he just chilling? I hate I love Just because I he beat Tiger. Yang. How bitter do you think K- KJ Choi is about Y.E. Yang winning that PGA PGA championship. He's like, that was supposed to be my fucking major. I was supposed to be the guy for, for Asia. Yeah. I, mean, I don't, I don't know. There's got to be some sleep over that. There's got to be some bitterness there. I would think because KJ, they like this guy. I mean, that's the only reason why we know this guy's name. It's kind of true. I'm going to go with Hunter. I think the revenge tour is real. I think it's a real deal. And I think he's might, he's going to might have a decent year. He might make some cuts. Yeah, I'm gonna take Hunter too. He's shown he's shown flashes of of good golf. Has it been sustained? Not necessarily, but there's more to go off with uh, with Hunter Mahan as opposed to Y.E. Yang, who whose name I hadn't heard in a couple of years. Honestly, who the fuck knows how old Y.E. Yang is at this point? Who knows what equipment he plays at this point? Who knows when the last time he's played in a PGA Tour event is? I'm but sure Y.E. Yang's still playing like five hybrids. And that's exactly why I'm going to ride Y.E. Yang this week. I think he gets the job done at Sony this week, has a nice week, and beats Hunter Mahan. And I think this is the start of the revenge tour because the disrespect from Chris is really it's, – it's not good. I mean, for a guy that did as much as he did for Korean golf – It's probably disrespectful. Took, took down I mean, Tiger Woods. I mean, come on. Show the guy a little respect. I'm taking one. Yeah, Tiger shot the bed. Hey, you want to know something about Y.E. Yang? What's that? Me. He's a contender for back asswards pick. And and with that, it's back asswards. Do you want to I mean, do pick did... to win? Let's do quick pick to win. My pick to uh, win is going to come out of nowhere. And it's oh, Russell boy. Henley. That's wow. a good pick. That's great a good pick. pick. He, he was playing great in fall. And this is his course too. Yeah. The first tour event that he ever, that he played, yeah. he won. Yeah. And that's a fun bit of trivia. Hey, Sean, your boy Eric Van Royen's in the field. Opening tee time. I did see that. I did see that first tee time. I liked I liked him. I honestly really did. I was considering a win. But I really – also uh, on the PGA Tour app, they have him as F. Van Royen. So I thought it was like a Frank Van Royen or something. But, no, it is <laughs> His Eric real name is – his. well, his real Indeed. name is Frederick, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, so Eric. Eric's wow. a nickname. Wow, Freddie Van Royen. All right. <laughs> I love that. I'm I'm not going to take Freddie Van Ryan this week. I'm actually going to take Ryan Palmer. And Ryan wow. Palmer, he's just wow. been he's been a, a clinical ball strike on the PGA Tour. We all know that uh, for the last 25 years. So it's going to be Palmer for me this week. Short course doesn't hit it a mile. You know he he strikes his irons well, and I think he gets it done with a flat stick. Good pick. Go. Um, I'm going to take a guy whose game just travels every every week. Seems to seems to be a top ten, top fifteen machine. That's Daniel Berger. Yeah, you can't go wrong with DB Straight Vibing. It's it's a safe pick. It's a commercial pick, but it's commercial because it's smart. 
Mike, it's it's almost too commercial where like where I would have given you shit about it. Like it's just teetering, it's teetering on the edge. edge. Yeah, but, but it's a good you know, pick. But it's DB straight vibing. Guys only won once in the last like three or four years. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. Good pick. Good Guy pick. looks like Flat Stanley. Jesus. <laughs> he does. But no, I love I don't even, I don't even know what Flats. I don't even know what Flat Stanley looks like. Pause the episode. Go look wait, up Flat sh- Stanley. Wait, Tom, time out. Sean, you just said you didn't know what Flat Stanley looks like. I'm going to give you three fucking guesses as to what he looks like. <laughs> no, his face, I'm saying. Not the fact that he's fucking flat. <laughs> yeah dude obviously he's flat i remember i remember him from when i was younger i just don't remember his face okay his i just face. wanted to clear that up facial structure okay he, all right he, flat stanley's definitely got a much bigger smile than daniel Berger does daniel Berger looks like he's scared shitless every time he smiles <laughs> does he smile i don't know <laughs> he kind of just goes like and for the listeners that couldn't see that, it was just a very scared look. Like someone, like someone's taking a shit. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it's just a weird, weird smile. Well, he always has a lip in, so you never really can see his true smile, I guess. Yeah, him and Brooks packing he's, fat he's got the He's got the deer in headlights look down to a T. Um, I'm scrolling this field for back asswards, and I'm getting I'm progressively ready. more and more angry because – I see that Parker McLaughlin's in the field, but I not Los Alatoris. Like, why? I know yeah. he's from Hawaii, but still. Zalatoris should why? be in the field. The Back Asswords segment is a weekly game in which each podcaster is assigned a team of two players. But the catch is, their team is chosen by the other two podcasters. The team with the most cumulative earnings from that week win the segment. So the goal is to pick players that you think will play really poorly so that they will not earn money for that team. And once a player has been chosen, they cannot be chosen again for the rest of the season. All right, All right Mike, uh, give, give us your first pick here. Guy, Chris, uh, you guys are cut from the same cloth. This guy's been mouthing off on Twitter lately, and he's also been playing some <laughs> terrible golf. It's Grayson Murray. Wow. <laughs> Have we looked at the school district around the uh, I hope. I hope there's a... I hope there's a presence of blue. So, okay, Grayson Murray. Um, interesting. Interesting. He deleted his Twitter. because Did he delete getting... his full, whole Twitter account? Well, yeah. I mean, you just can't see any of the tweets. It's like his account's like dead. Oh, my God. That, that's a tough scene. So, might be, ha- might be fighting some demons this week. That's a decent pick, Mike. I'm going to go ahead and give you right back someone who I love. One of the best putters of all time, Aaron Baddeley. Oh, I saw, did you guys see his, like his uh, headshot for the, for the PGA tour? Pure emo kid vibes. It's wild. Yeah. I saw it too. Really scruffy look. Is he going through an emo phase? He might be going through an emo phase, and that's why you don't want this guy on your team right now. <laughs> going through well, a Jesus out. phase all his life. Shout out Aaron Baddeley. Chili Dip's going to get him through the emo phase, but in the wake of his emo phase, you probably don't want to. You probably don't want to have him on your team. Yeah. So, no, could be could bite you in the ass. Uh, Sean, draft someone. 
Yeah, so I'm going to give Chris a guy that I really have no reason for picking. Like, I, you know, he's not the worst guy in this field. Just a but he just doesn't need a But also morning. not the best. It, it's Troy Merritt. Like, just a commercially pretty boring guy yeah. that I don't know anything about. Could be an interesting I Troy, guy. Although I think Troy Merritt's played well here before. I think he's, he's probably played be. well here. This, but is, I've got, this could be a dangerous pick. This could be a dangerous pick. Sorry, who did I give that? Brian Gay asked pick. Who did I? Yeah. Who did I give him you, to? You gave it I to Chris. To, I, so no, sorry, Chris I was giving it to Mike. I'm giving it to Mike. Oh, I meant to. Give oh, Mike. fuck! I've got oh, a guy God. lined up for Chris. History could I really, truly repeated itself. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I meant to give him to Mike. Um, yeah, I've got another guy lined up for Chris that I think he's gonna love. All right, Mike, All right. you're locked in. You have Troy Merritt and Aaron Baddeley. Good luck to you. Okay, so every. So every podcaster has one member, has one player on their team. Sorry, who's my guy again? Oh my God, you're out to lunch. I don't think any of you guys can. I think you both gave Yeah, we haven't. Mike, Mike, we haven't you? Oh my God, Mike, you're you're choking so hard. (laughs) Sorry. All right. It's it's getting a little late out here. All right. It's getting late. Second pick. Mike, you ha- your team is set. You have Troy Merritt and Aaron Baddeley. I do. Is your team set as well? Nope. No. No. There have only been okay. three picks, so that would be impossible. Oh <laughs> nope. All right. <laughs> yeah, t- not a math guy. Mike? Definitely not a math guy. All right, so, I give, so I've given one pick to – so I've given one pick to Chris. Sean, who do I want to give you? Uh have we have we used Wesley Bryan? I feel like we have. Um, let me check. Nope. Nope. You can pick Wesley Bryan. All right. Full-time trick art, full-time trick shot artist and part-time PGA tour player. Wesley Bryan goes to Sean Fitzgerald. Wow, I love Wesley Bryan at this course, actually. Great I, wedge I, player. Doesn't I think doesn't bomb well. it by any means. I think he can play really well. I think thanks, it, Mike. I think it has MC written all over it. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Um that's 750 grand in the bank account will be nice. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So, for Chris, it, it, my pick, it's my, my pick, pick, right? Or your pick. Your I pick. thought it was mine. Yeah, go ahead. You're not picking my guy. All right. Well, I might. I am picking. No, 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 no. And It'd be Sean, sick if you did. This is going straight to you. This would be you. insane. This would be really insane if you did. This is going straight to you, Matt Doffy, or whatever, however you pronounce his name. Oh, MJ Jafu? What? Who's MJ Defu? Matt Doffy. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, is South who African is this guy? guy? Is, is he South African? Uh, sorry. Yeah, he is South African. Yeah, that's MJ It is Defoe. MJ, yeah. Oh, my God. Where'd you get Matt? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cut it out. <laughs> what the hell just happened? Cut, cut the whole segment. No, that's, that's really... That's really one of the darkest scenes in podcast history, and that is absolutely <laughs> staying in the episode. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll happily take him. Don't know a thing about him, but um, yeah, thanks. I'm Appreciate calling it. him Matt. Matt the Foo from now on. Oh my yeah, god, Maddie, Maddie Defu and Freddie Van Royen, the, oh the South god. African brothers in crime. All right, uh, Chris, I am giving you Kramer Hickok, and the only oh, reason I was I'm looking at him. The only reason I'm giving it to you is because I know he's not playing well. And I also mix him up with like, <laughs> I also know he's not 
playing well and he I mix him up with like a couple other players I feel like I mix him up with Smiley I mix him up with Bud Colley they all give me like southern vibes with like weird names so uh yeah Kramer go ahead and take Kramer Hickok all right the teams are set all right back asper so let's get into a little bit of news the big one the big news that came came out today is that Augusta National announced its intention to allow a limited number of patrons onto the grounds for the 2021 Masters that is entirely COVID dependent. Um, obviously, it does seem a little bit ambitious at the minute with the, with the way cases and deaths have been trending up, unfortunately. And they also have announced that the Augusta National Women's Amateur and the Drive Chip and Putt will be going on as planned. Guys, do you have any thoughts? Nope. I think that was just a news break by you, Mike. It was not a news break. It happened this morning. Did you <laughs> not paying attention? I was, but I don't know. This isn't really a contentious subject. Like, it'll be nice to have fans for sure at the Masters. Well, we'll see. Well, that's it, exactly we'll what I was get, getting at. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, Mike, you sent me something yesterday. There was a tweet that suggested, like, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, there should be five golden tickets. <laughs> Those are the only five spectators at the Masters. That'd be so fun. What what do you put it in? Like do you put uh, it in a chocolate bar? You put it, I think you put it in like like um golf. Who's their sponsors? Cases. Who's one of their sponsors? Uh ATT. Go to the ATT store, buy a phone. Maybe you get a golden ticket to Augusta. There you go. Brilliant there, marketing there. strategy. You only have five patrons. <laughs> <laughs> and, and only five of you are let on. Unbelievable. Um, also, uh, Jonathan Vegas had to withdraw uh, due to a positive COVID test. I think, I, think he's the second, I think he's the second positive COVID test of 2021, the calendar year. Jim Herman had to withdraw last week due to COVID. So get well soon to... Get well soon to Johnny Vegas. Uh, good player. Great swing. Probably probably worse than he really should be. Yeah, real shame for Jim Herman. I forgot about that. I wasn't on last week's episode, but uh, shame for him because he actually had, had a really cool season, I thought. He did. But just quickly, Mike, on, on the Augusta National thing, big deal for uh, Augusta National Women's Am that that's happening. I, I mean, no spectators, I assume, or are limit very limited amount. Very limited. But gonna get some TV coverage. I think that was a really cool event, and I think they need to keep going with that. So that's huge. That's that's really big. Drive, chip, and putt. Cool, but you know you could do without it. Like if it's really yeah. gonna be a, a big burden for Augusta National to host that, you you could do without it. I'm but not losing you, any sleep over the drive chip. I'm not losing yeah. any sleep over it. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not. I couldn't name one. One winner of the uh, long drive and the 14, 15 year old drive chip and putt. No. Also, not, 14, not to this point. 14 and 15 for a fucking drive chip and putt. It's outrageous. So it should be capped at 12. Now we're just giving handouts to 15 year old kids. Yeah. I mean, it's 16. No, Steve was playing in the Byron Nelson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> at 14, Michelle Wee was playing in the Sony Open. <laughs> yes, that's true. That, Great flashback. Dude, I saw that today on, on Instagram. That is crazy. I forgot about that, that she saw 68 at the Sony Open. People don't realize how talented she true, 
like she truly was. You guys were throwing shade at her. I think she's the goat of woman. I've, I've, I've never. That's an outrageous thing to say. <laughs> um, I've never thrown really shade at her playing career besides the fact that she's underachieved, like based on the talent she showed from when she but was like, on 10 years the old. microphone. But on the microphone. <laughs> Yeah, she's one of the the worst to ever do it. <laughs> one of the worst to ever do it. <laughs> you gotta give her a chance. You gotta give her more of a chance. I think she's Sean, she's the woke, worst saw, of all time. Sean saw her next to Charles Barkley at at the match, and I and he shuddered. Yeah, and I immediately turned it off. Immediately. <laughs> all right. Didn't watch a single on. minute of coverage in protest. Mike, all right. You, you had some shit about the RNA that I don't think anyone cares about. Uh, just <laughs> the fact that they said that they have no future plans to go to Turnberry. Uh, literally, just saying, just saying every, just finally saying explicitly what everybody knew for the last five six years. So it's really not news. It's just, it's, it's just something that came up up today. And that the 2022 PGA venue is still undecided. But Sean, since you weren't on the pod. On Sunday, you didn't get to give your input. Where would you like to see the 2022 PGA go to? I've been thinking about this a little bit, actually. Not enough to where I'd have it like, this is my set in stone answer, but I have an answer that would be cool and Chris would agree with. I think you do a split tournament. You do Thursday and Friday at Pacific Dunes and Bandon Dunes. And then the weekend is Saturday, Sunday at Band and Dunes. So it would be amazing in, so it'd be amazing, especially for 2021. But the thing is 2022 in May, I, I don't want to put a hex on it, but we're, we are more than likely, more than very likely to probably have fans fully back at golf tournaments from an infrastructural standpoint and in terms of accessibility, probably not a realistic choice. Yeah, definitely a reach. Like there's no, I, I think Bandon needs another f- like five, 10 years to like, cause th- their ultimate goal, right. Is to host a major championship. And I think that's pretty well known at this point They're And they're, they're so. making the steps to do that by hosting the USAM they need some time to figure out accommodations. There's not enough plate. There's not enough room there. There's nowhere to stay. There's nowhere for spectators to come from. So I agree. I think there needs to be a little bit figured out there, but that would be like my ideal tournament. That would be if, insane. If I could, you need a Thursday, Friday Pacific <clears throat> band and then Friday or Saturday, Sunday at, at band and noons. Would be that so would cool. be really insane. Um, it'd be, it'd be awesome. It's just, yeah, it's just something that you can't really foresee taking place. But in a perfect so, world, it'd be awesome. And also, it's the fact that it'd be totally different to the courses that the PGA typically go to. Exactly. Which often incredibly, incredibly boring. Well, the reason <laughs> I said that too, Mike, that's a good point, is the PGA, their identity, in my opinion, needs to be that they're the creative ones. They choose... Yeah. really interesting courses to host majors at and that's their identity the u.s open is the toughest test in golf the masters is augusta and the open is the history in links golf and the pga needs an identity and it's experimentation you want to know what my problem is with with pga championship golf courses is that a lot of them are just 
U.S. Open courses that the USGA wants no part of. They're watered down. Exactly. They're not as difficult. They're just, just... you know, they say they're done with, they're done with balls to straw. PGA is constantly there. They're done with they're picking up. They're picking done up with, sloppy done with Beth pa- Done up. Done with Beth Page. PGA goes to Beth Page, and there's and there's been rumblings that that the 2022 PGA is going to go back to Beth Page, which is the really the last thing I want to see because no, Beth Page is almost, sweet. No, Beth Page is cool, Page. but but it's it's commercial and it's really conservative. They need to, they need it's, to go. Another it's incredibly. Route. It's incredibly one-dimensional. It was cool in the 2002 U.S. Open when when it was the first municipal golf course to host a major championship. But then it's lost. It's lost all its luster. Um, I love that page. I would and, love to see Kahala. I would love to see Southern Hills. With any the, of those. With Beth, with Beth Page, you get there's only three possible winners, and that's Bryson, Bryson, and Bryson. Okay, Mike. So what, now that you're saying this, if it does go to Beth Page. You will take it's just gonna be Bryson against the field. Yeah, because this is no. it's a bomber's paradise. It's a complete bomber's paradise. It's it's a cool it's course. Have you ever won? Yes, I have. Nice. <laughs> I love how you try to get a leg up on me, but but then I threw that at you, and you're just like, oh fuck. If you guys had a, a realistic pick of where they could host it, what are what are your two picks right off the top of your head? So it would have been Southern Hills, but apparently the the senior PGA is going there in 2022, and that's also going to be in May. So you're essentially asking the course to pull double duty. I think that's that a would lot. be it'd be highly unlikely. I think the realistic choice is going to be Valhalla. I that the PGA will always have that fallback plan. Yeah, um, but they're going there in 2024, right? Yeah, but the PJ is headquartered there. If you're in it, if you're in a pickle, you can just go to Valhalla. Valhalla and, would be sweet. I mean, it's it's a sick. Course. And then if you go and if you go back there in you know in 2024, you know you can just go. You can just say to the public, "Hey, there was a pandemic, and and we had to move the course for for this reason. We were in a pinch, so it's kind of a get out of jail free card." Yeah. Yeah, I think Valhalla is an interesting one. Chris and I, we've played it. We both played it this summer. I, I wasn't overly impressed by the golf course. I'm not a huge fan of Nicholas golf courses, but yeah, I don't like, like Nicholas. Valhalla's golf. led to it's led to really exciting finishes, and it's a good. That's tournament what I was golf saying, course. John. Yeah, it's, so it's a good it, tournament course. It really, it really is. If you're hosting it solely as an entertainment product to have, you know, a bunch leaderboard on Sunday. Yeah, Valhalla is your pick. Yeah, if you it's, wanted something, it's right there. If you wanted something architecturally interesting, I I could think of a multitude of others. The course mm-hmm. that I think this course is hosting in 2031 or 2032, but just did a just finished up a massive, massive renovation restoration, kind of like Southern Hills is Congressional. I would like to see that because that's a boring course though. But Congressional was a boring course. But if you've seen if you've seen the uh, if you've seen the pictures and seen the aerials, this course looks completely different to the to the absolute snooze fest that we saw at the 2011 U.S. Open. I don't know if that's yeah. the most architecturally appealing course. Maybe well, with that's the redesign. You, Maybe that's why the you redesign. do a redesign. That's why you do a redesign. I the yeah I don't know. The only memorable hole in that course is ten, the part three. Yeah, Rory stuffed it. 
Yeah. I mean, I was there in 2011. Every hole looked exactly the same. I shit, you know, you know what congressional is? It's a glorified firestone. It is. It is. Firestone's the same way. It's like the most boring course. uh, Firestone was my least favorite course on tour. But it always had good tournaments. So can I just throw out an interesting recommendation? I think it would be really cool if the PGA went to um, Chambers Bay in 2022 oh, I like and this. did it and did it better than the US Open did because I, I the word on the street tri- is that that's tripping over a low bar well Chambers Bay is is really fixed their greens up apparently like they're they're very good now and they've kind no, of figured out their I was saying tripping but, over the low bar in the sense that it's kind of hard to set up a course worse than the USGA yeah definitely but it, it would also it would be a, a statement if they went there and had a great mate like hosted a great championship with no complaints from players and a really tight leaderboard on Sunday with a great champion. I think it would, I think it, it would was. do a lot for the status of the PGA championship. It's also such a fun course to watch on TV. It's I such a cool course. golf course, dude. I, I think the, the, the final round of the 2015 U S open may have been the best major final round of the past decade. Yeah. I, th- I think there's a real argument there. I, I would agree with that, Mike, actually. One of my all-time favorite golf tournaments. DJ put on maybe the best ball striking clinic for the first nine holes. Then he completely collapses. Jordan comes back. Then he then he tries his hardest to choke, and then DJ, of course, spits the bit. It was. I think so I much think right after flow. the right after the Stenson Mickelson duel. I think that's that's actually number two. I, I have to put the Stenson Mickelson duel at number one. But and that was an incredible credit. finish. Also, huh, I guess I guess I have to give Val Hall credit. 2014 PGA was 20, amazing. Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, 2014 PGA. Hard to get better than that as well. Peak Ricky Fowler. Ricky, and Phil, Rory, Stenson. Stenson. Jason Day. Bernd Wiesberger. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about him. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to bed because – because yeah, i'm still and, yeah. i'm still sick to my stomach about james harden going to the nets i've been absolutely oh, rocked to my dear. core oh don't even talk about we don't it. need to talk about the nba hey just just i'm just, sorry i'm sorry oh, to go on about the nets but did you see no no did you see did you see Stephen a on Kyrie today yes yeah, he, should Kyrie should retire. he should retire he should retire consensus agreement he should retire consensus I think that's chili, it. honestly the chili dip group chat might just be a space for me to vent about Kyrie fucking evil yeah meaning. it's a Kyrie Harden just blow up in there I mean we just we we light him up and we we talk all sports too but we keep it golf on here and, and we talk about what's going on all right Mike go to sleep all right all right uh, uh, I'll catch you guys I'll catch you guys back in Colorado I'll be back catch in you on the flip side yes, all right yeah. bye eight hour trek bye bye I hit a chili dip. It was off the it was off the hosel. I mean Cameron Davis is a joke. Mike, you got any yeah. takes on the e-golf pro tour? You already have iron <laughs> covers. You already look like a giant <laughs> pussy. I don't care. I honestly don't give a stri- shit. <laughs> he could be six feet under at this point, whoever WD. I didn't watch a single <clears throat> bit of it, but I'm gonna chirp at the Fairmont St. Andrews because of the name. Yeah, Paul Tesori. Paul Tesori, friend of the pod. Neiman, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yeah. Friend of the pod, Aunt Betsy.
Terrell Haddon? Are you kidding me? And there's a raccoon, no joke, like 20 feet away. Florida. Say Florida, I'm hanging. Florida. No! You can't yeah. say Florida!